0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Happy Friday, Womit fam. We are back with part two of our interview with Dr. Z. We bring her back on after... A two-year hiatus, but don't you fret. We have been very close in the DMs in those two years. She
1: has been our, what you call, in-house narcissist expert. Um, but yes, if you have not had a chance yet, please go back to last week and catch up with part one with Dr. Z, aka Dr. Jamie Zuckerman. She's a clinical psychologist, narcissist, relationship coach, also specializes in abuse, anxiety, depression. She's a media contributor, podcast host, author, all of the freaking things. So be sure to catch up on part one, but you guys, you guys are going to absolutely love part two. We're going to dive a little bit deeper and kind of go into some more things about what's coming up in terms of like mental health and self-care during the holidays, which reminds me, Danielle, what are you doing for the holidays? Like, give us a quick little holiday update because I'm excited to share my holiday plans with you.
0: (laughs) Well, like I was talking about on our skincare episode, I decided to put a tree up for the first time since Nick passed. And actually, well, at the time of recording this, I haven't done it yet, but it's the plan for this weekend. And I'm really excited about it. My family is currently trying to figure out... They might be coming here and staying with me for Christmas, which would be really nice. Oh, wow. Because work schedule. I have to work the day after Christmas. So that would be much appreciated to actually be able to like host Christmas. So I might be doing that. That would be
1: so special. I know. Just like I said, also in our skincare episode, I've just been loving embracing the holiday season. I took Archie recently to like the big Kris Kringle market here in Chicago, saw the big tree with all the lights. And I've just been loving all that. But anyway, you know, the pilot BF and I are heading off to Rome for a holiday wedding. And just like a nice little trip. You know, by the time this episode comes out, I will be you guys just like knee deep in pasta and wine. So please follow along on all of that. But no, I'm really excited. I love 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 Europe during this time of year, which is funny, because we were just talking about your recent trip to Europe. So I just like had to Hop on the trend and head to Europe (laughs) for some Christmas lights.
0: I love that for you. It is so perfect. And I see Dr. Z waiting in our waiting room. So let's bring her on. Hi, my darling. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so
2: happy you guys wanted me on again. I love talking to you. Oh, my God. Of course
0: we wanted you on. Happy Hanukkah, by the way.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: We are so grateful to have you
1: on. We, you know, left off in our episode almost like two years ago now, talking Was everything about years? narcissism, Jeez. which is, can you believe that? I know two years. We covered the bases. You know, we talked about what to look out for in a narcissist, what to do if you're with a narcissist. And I cannot tell you enough, Dr. Z, your workshops also, I don't know if we, if, if our listeners, I hope we have directed them to your workshops, but I've done some of your narcissist after leaving the narcissist, um, workshops, I cannot tell you how helpful those reframes are in those workshops. I still think about those principles from that workshop. And so I think for today, we already have part one with all of the narcissism. So we're going to kind of move on from that, but I do just like, want to really quick for our listeners that are just revisiting that episode, we talked about everything narcissism. If someone listens to that episode, and thinks that there is a narcissist in their life, what is the biggest advice that you would give them?
0: That you
2: are not crazy. None of this is your fault. And unfortunately, it will be your, I don't want to say responsibility, but it kind of will end up falling on you to make the decision whether to leave or to stay in the relationship, whatever that relationship looks like. And that you absolutely can do it. And it will be extremely difficult, but it is doable and you will be okay. At some point you will be okay.
0: That's been part of my mantra lately. Is that like, I mean, we all know I got dumped, but just repeating that. I mean, it's so hard in the moment to be like, it's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. It's going to be okay. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But yeah, truly just keeping like everything will be okay. like, you will feel okay again.
2: Yeah. And I tell people too. you know, anytime there's a trauma and this is a trauma, it's it, it's different. And it's not an isolated event, but it's a chronic ongoing drippy faucet type of trauma, right? Like it accumulates over time. Then you kind of don't realize how deep you're in it until it's almost, you know, I don't want to say too late because it's never too late, but until you're way in the thick of it. And trauma changes us. It doesn't just change us emotionally, but it it changes our brain, literally, neurologically. And so I also think it's helpful if you look at it as you're going to be okay. You will not be exactly the same as before because it's unrealistic to think that you're going to, quote, get over a trauma. I like to say you're going to learn to live alongside of it and incorporate it into your life. That offers people way less of this inner tension turmoil. It's more of kind of this acceptance approach. Not that you need to agree or forgive. I don't believe in the forgiveness aspect. I mean, I know people disagree with that, but good. Cause I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's somewhere to get. I think, I don't think somebody who abuses you necessarily deserves forgiveness. I think it's, you need to figure out a way to live alongside of that and not let it affect your inner peace but i don't think your inner peace involves having to forgive somebody
0: <laughs> when jack and i were in la we were talking with my friend sarah she was like you know what i just i don't think you need to forgive mm-hmm. i don't think it's not necessary I think you find your peace and let that be it like move forward yeah. with your peace and don't worry about making peace for somebody else
2: yeah and the truth is is I think a lot of the forgiveness aspect comes from people who really who have like a really strong faith I think that helps them and mm-hmm. I don't think it's you know I think for for a lot of people forgiveness works for them so it's not for everybody I think whatever makes you feel good I just don't want people to think that if they quote can't forgive who hurt them that's not necessary but it's what is necessary is to let go of the anger you have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Dr. Z, this is what out of all of your your work, everything that you speak on of moving on past a narcissist, I think the most helpful thing that you've reminded me is like keeping those boundaries of zero communication, mm-hmm. zero anything. And I like my heart goes out to those people that have children with people with narcissism because it's like yep. obviously that's not a reality, but I truly think that in order to start the process of healing and moving on from this, like yeah. that's what needs to, like that needs to happen if you I can, agree. or at a some certain level. So yeah. I, I love that. Like, you know, I think there's such a misconception that you like need to forgive someone in order to yeah. heal. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, like I, maybe I just need my boundaries and to get this person out of my life. And that's, that's how right. I'm going to heal.
2: That's exactly right. I could not agree more. <laughs> Very
1: That, that was, was fucking beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just reciting, like, what Dr. Z says in her workshops. I, like, replayed that thing, like, I, like, have that thing on replay, like, multiple times, like, about a year ago. So, no, truly, like, your work is so, so, it's, like, a, it's a godsend for people that Aww. I think have been Thank you. in... These kind of relationships or in these dynamics because they are confusing. It like leaves you with this kind of complex PTSD that you're like, I don't even know what what to do with this. Yeah. Like I don't know what to do.
2: Most people are inherently good, right? And so Mm -hmm. the reason why narcissistic behavior affects us so deeply is because our brains just don't operate like that, right? And so you can be the biggest asshole, but that still doesn't mean you're a narcissist. And even Mm -hmm. if you're an asshole, your brain still doesn't operate like that. So it's just a totally different perspective on everything. And it's, we just don't think like that. And so it leaves you feeling like you were just like taken out of the dryer on like a high cycle. Like you don't know what you do, yeah. yeah, you don't know what your favorite colors are. You don't know what your favorite food is. You don't, I always use this example. My My best friend said this to me after her divorce and it was so like jarring because it was so, it just showed me just how, and I've been doing this for a long time, and, and it just showed me how much it robs you of. She said, she's like, I don't mm. even know. She'd been with him for 20 plus years since they were teens. She's like, I don't even know what side of the bed I want to sleep on. Like, it's such a small... Yeah. That we take for granted. But like when you get out of these, you really don't know who you are. And if you were with that person, or if it's a parent and you've been in that dynamic since you were born, it's like you don't even know what your identity is. You almost sometimes feel like you have to start from scratch.
0: whoo Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to rebuild your world, you have to rebuild yeah. and like, your sense and- of trust, which is hard. Yes. Oh, I'm very deep in that right now. Yeah. I have two therapists right now, Dr. Z. I have my yeah. one therapist that I've been seeing for a little over two years now for like yeah. everyday stuff. And then I started EMDR just to try mm-hmm. and like reprogram and like process yeah. all of this trauma, like starting way back from, you know, when Nick yep. died. And so yep. I'm doing all the self-care, all the self-work. The for you. <laughs>
2: good for you and it's not easy no I'm super brave and it's courageous and no thank you it's just so hard
0: (laughs) (sighs) yeah I feel like there's still and maybe it's just because our podcast was so highly listened to with you because you're just the best (laughs) can you guys talk to me every day (laughs) (laughs) yes we're your cheerleaders
2: are you kidding me as my daughter tells me like she hates me (laughs)
0: <laughs> she won't she won't forever She's, it's just I told my dad I hated him too the at worst. one point right.
2: <laughs> the worst mom ever
0: freaking kids man we can be assholes mm-hmm. as
2: kids <laughs> seriously I know it's my karma it's fine no.
0: <laughs> but I feel like this is like a little bit of a quick segue here but narcissism gaslighting calling someone a narcissist are like such buzzwords and like yeah Everyone on Paradise when I was on was like, that is such narcissistic behavior or he gaslighted me. And I was like, you know, I'm not yeah. trying to diminish some of, like, your feelings here. But, like, these are heavy words. These are heavy things yes. that are thrown out. I so, like that.
2: Heavy words. I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I feel like, you know, we talked about this in the last episode, how it's such a spectrum. And that, like, someone can be a full-blown narcissist. They can have narcissistic tendencies or, like, traits. But they might mm-hmm. not be. And so... Yeah, I just I just want to caution people there, like don't just yeah. throw around these heavy words.
2: Mm-hmm. And also, I went on a rant about this on Instagram. It's, it's <laughs> in one of my reels, if you guys care to see it. But I went on this rant about how just because like the diagnoses shouldn't be trendy, and oftentimes mm-hmm. they trends right. Mm-hmm. Like we had ADHD, we had OCD, narcissism, and what also happens as a result of it becoming trendy in those buzzwords. Is that then specialists like me, who always have and will continue to put out content in this area, you know, then receive comments or people perceive it as, you know, you're just doing it because it's trendy. But just because it's trendy doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And so I caution right. people on that, too, that, you know, most people use it wrong, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it doesn't exist, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. hmm
1: mm-hmm. No, I saw that post. I cannot agree more. So I came out of divorce when we were recording that first episode, and so then I kind of went out into the dating world again. Danielle is also in the dating world now, so like trying to navigate just like this whole new world of dating. And I love some of your content because you've been posting things. Last few of them, kind of talking more about like knowing your self worth in dating and. Like the post, let the indecision be a decision for you. Or nobody is yeah. busier than a person that's not into you. Yeah, that one kills. Right. Me. Yeah. Like these are. I love this, and like, I kind of want to dive into this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, what was your motivation behind some of these posts? Like, do people just come to you with relationship advice, and then I want to talk about what does self worth look like in dating?
2: Because I can't so, find it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, so I yeah, I don't think people are going to like my answer. It's okay. I have a very big problem with terms like self-worth, self-love, self-care. Because like I don't know what that means. Like it, it means something, not only does it mean something different for me than it does for you, but like it means something different for me on like a moment-to-moment basis. Like self-care mm-hmm. for me yesterday has nothing to do, with, like self-care now for me is like a nap. Yesterday I was playing tennis. Like I don't, I don't know how to define it by an action necessarily. So and same with self worth, it fluctuates based on where you are in life, based on your experiences. And I just think they're like these almost like dumping ground phrases. And I know people are going to disagree with me on that, but I just feel like it's really important to define what they are at any given moment. So the posts that I put up, I think oftentimes they're very to the point and very blunt because I think that makes it a little bit more relatable. I'm not a fan of those kind of you know like fluffy posts like like something, uh, here's why, like a statement, like you need to love yourself first before you can love someone else. No, you don't. No, you don't. Here's why. Like, let's say you are a parent who's horrifically depressed. Don't tell me that you need to not be depressed and love yourself in order to love your kids. I have a huge problem with that. Like I can still love my friends and love, you know, my husband and love my whoever and feel crappy about myself. Now I may not be the best mom that I personally can be if I'm depressed. But that doesn't mean I don't love my kids. So I think it's dangerous when you use those big terms. It may be, you know, your behaviors may not be the healthiest while you're in that mindset, but it doesn't have anything to do, I don't think, with loving somebody else. Like There's no data on that. It's just a very ambiguous phrase that gets people into trouble. Because think about, if you don't love yourself, now you also suck because you can't love someone else right yeah.
0: it, I, it's like it it adds like a whole extra layer of shame like guilt and, and shame, shame right. is already like swirling Correct. in like your brain if you're yes. even questioning this about yourself and then to dig even deeper there at a whole other like frosted layer of shame yeah that like you yeah. can't maybe you don't remember that you're like a warrior queen every single second of the day
2: <laughs> yeah and you know what you're not yeah like you're not, and you. Which is the thing. You also don't need to be. Like our mm-hmm. brains are not wired for happiness all the time. They're just not. That's not like our brains are wired for survival adaptation. They're not wired for the mood that we just selectively want to have because it feels good. It doesn't work like that. So, like it, you know, life isn't always. And I don't mean this in a pessimistic way. It just, if our brains were just wired for happiness, we'd all be dead because we'd have <laughs> no, like, we'd cross the street. Not no look survival <laughs> No survival skills. We wouldn't look like, really, we wouldn't look both ways if we crossed the street, because we'd have no inner anxiety to protect us. We wouldn't have any information about our world. It's unrealistic. And it's these phrases that I say, I always tell my patients, you never want to have mood as your therapy goal. Like you've never like, if someone says, if I say, what's your goal? And they say, I want to be happy. You know, I'm like, well, great. Me too. But what is that? What does that look like? How are we going to know? Because moods are like, you know, they're, they're fluctuating targets. You'll never hit it. You made it for a moment, but not consistently. You know?
0: I feel like that allows so much grace to just remind yes. yourself to be human. Exactly.
2: People are like, you're such a pessimist. No, I'm like, no, it's actually the total opposite. Exactly like you said, it gives you that space, gives you that grace. It allows you to
0: be human. My two cents. There's just so many <laughs> mic drops here. I just,
1: <laughs> so, so I'm curious with those, like, you know, since Danny and I have both, I'm seeing someone now, so I'm not like actively in the dating world, but I was very recently and some of that like tough love, I think is really important in dating nowadays too. Like the, let their indecision be a yes. decision for you. So mm-hmm. Do you truly believe in like, in that phrase, like if they wanted to, they would. Is that how you would kind of like, what kind of advice you would give out in the dating world?
2: I do, but with an exception. And the exception is it has to be a pattern of indecision, right? Like you mm. can be indecisive in the beginning of a relationship because you were you came out of something that was traumatizing. You don't trust somebody yet. So you're very cautious. You're not sure yet. And I don't think that's such a bad thing to have indecision in, in the beginning of a relationship. I don't think it's a bad thing to have indecision occasionally throughout the course of your relationship. You're both growing right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes the person's not what you signed up for in the beginning and you grow apart and that's okay. So I think it's okay to have indecision here and then, but I think it's a pattern of constant indecision. That's the issue because then you never have a sense of certainty. You're constantly walking on eggshells. You know, there's no direction. You're kind of in this fog and I don't Mm -hmm. think that's healthy. And listen, some people, again, it's so personal. Like somebody's behavior to you may look like indecision. To me, it may not. I may be more comfortable with um, uncertainty than somebody else. Mm -hmm. I'm not, but you know what I'm saying? I just think (laughs) that- I'm not anymore either. (laughs) No, yeah. I just think that it really varies. But I think the big thing is it's more of a pattern of indecision and it's also what you can tolerate and what you're willing to tolerate. And some people just really suck at communicating emotionally. They just suck it's not their strength and it's not their fault Mm -hmm. it doesn't make them a bad person so you have to also make sure that what you're perceiving is indecision versus somebody's inability to communicate their feelings the way you need them communicated
0: I think that is so fair especially for people entering the dating world you know like you're not going to meet your like next long-term relationship as soon as you get out of the first one I mean some people do I have a lot of reservations about getting on any sort of apps again, but it's like when I was on the apps, like prior to Paradise and stuff, it was so easy just to be like, yeah, you know, I don't really see this going anywhere, but like best of luck in the future. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: now it's like, if you've seen a guy like a handful of times, you've been talking to him a bunch and then one person is one spot, one person is another spot. I feel like I personally, just because so many things in my life have not been made abundantly clear to me, Mm -hmm. like, just say, I don't see this working out. Mm -hmm. I don't have these feelings for you. Mm -hmm. Don't dance around anything. Just say it. Mm -hmm. It might be blunt. It might be harsh. But like, you cannot mince those words. (laughs) Like, there is no room for anything in there. So... I don't know. I'd rather date a man version of you. (laughs) But I think that that's why Dr. Z's posts
1: are so helpful. And I know like when I was dating and like I was back out there, like going on dates and kind of like, you know, getting the wishy-washy from some people, I took this like very like harsh stance where I was like, if you're not going to be like Showing up and texting me, you know how much I need to be texted and calling me. Then, like, I'm done. Like, I'm matching yeah. your energy. And like, if you if I send pulling away, See, that's key. Matching the energy, yeah. but you not texting, the you not calling, that's my answer. And I think like that's why I love your post so much because it's like that tough love that sometimes we need to be freaking reminded of. Like, I was just actually talking to my new boyfriend about like this exact subject and like about how you know certain guys like you know will like lead you on. And like certain guys, and you're like always wondering like, why isn't he texting me back? Why isn't he texting me back? He was like, Jackie, fuck that. And when a guy is really into a girl or, you know, vice versa, if you're really into somebody, like you see something with them, he's like, if if I were to go lose my phone or break my phone and I'm interested in you, I will go figure out how to build a damn phone. That's right. We love That's
0: We love that. That's right. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll go to like
1: engineering school and build a phone. <laughs> so I absolutely so I do like. I do. And now I'm like, you know what? Every relationship, every guy I've ever dated, I like think about that about the guys, like the relationships. All, all yeah. those guys would have built me a phone. All the ones that wouldn't. Like they were yep. just like stupid little flings, and I just like yep. I think that we just need to kind of up our standards at this point because you, Absolutely. you deserve somebody that will build you a fucking phone. Like, and it and, it, okay? and I like what you're saying because it
2: doesn't. It, it's not even about them not building you a phone because they're not interested in you. Although I'm sure it's part of it, but like, there's also people that may be interested in you but are not capable of building you the phone, and it's mm-hmm. okay to yes. want that. Like, yeah. something doesn't have to be wrong. In the relationship, for you not to feel satisfied or want to be in it, it it could just be they didn't go to engineering school; they don't know how to build a phone, and there, therefore you're not getting the phone. But for you, that's unacceptable. Yes. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's like it's yes. not even just they're not into you. It's it's it can be more than that. Yes. They're not capable of giving it to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. so,
1: yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. Like you also have to know what you want and that you know what are you looking for.
2: You know, it's interesting when I think about dating, how like I was when I dated people, it's amazing to me what I did to myself mentally, especially in the beginning stages or when it was ending, like, I would really like, why aren't they calling me? Why aren't they like, it's, what is it about me? (laughs) Like, right. Like, and I used to get like physically sick over it, right? Like my stomach would be in knots and trying to make excuses as to why they weren't when like, Six months ago, they'd be calling every day, multiple times a day, and now all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're not. And instead of looking at it for what it was, it was like trying to get them to call me more. You know, it's yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it, it was so backwards. And I think of it now, I'm like, oh my god, I put myself through such torture. You know, like such unnecessary heartbreak. Which
0: again, you're human.
1: You're humans. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is how our brain learns. Yeah. Yep. Ah. <laughs> <adapts.
1: Yep>. <laughs> Okay. Well, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You recently came out with your holiday help handbook, Dr. Z's holiday Help handbook, a resource for navigating difficult relationships during the holidays. And this episode is coming out perfectly right in the smack dab of December with all of the holiday stuff going on. So can you tell us who this handbook is for and what the motivation was behind getting this out to the world?
0: And does it include mothers? Not narcissistic mothers,
2: just
1: mothers in general. Yes, yes.
2: So... for moms. So honestly, it's literally for everybody. It's not just about narcissists. It's about just difficult relationships, toxic relationships, or just healthy relationships that during the holidays get stressful because the holidays are a source of tension and stress. Mm -hmm. And even if you have the most wonderful relationships, they're still hectic, right? So it's just for... Everybody on how to manage that additional layer of stress that happens. And you guys know this already about me. I, you know, I think it's this societal expectation that the holidays are joyous. I sound like such a pessimist, but I really don't mean to sound like that. That the holidays are joyous and these wonderful occasions to see people even seeing, it, and it's like full of love. And, and I'm not saying it's not. It You know, at the same time, many people don't have that experience. I don't have that experience, right? And so I think around the holiday times, I, when I was growing up before, like I know what I know now and, and look at it differently. I always felt very alone about that. Right. I always felt like embarrassed or shame we talked about, or I was unlucky, right? Like I was just unlucky. Everybody else is lucky. I was unlucky and the holiday sucks. So I think it's, it's helpful for people to see that they're not alone. That it doesn't have to suck, right? And it doesn't have to be that way. And so, I give people these tips and strategies to navigate the holidays in ways that work best for them, so that they can not necessarily. It's not even about enjoyment. It's just so they can have this internal sense of calm, mm-hmm. because you know, during any time of heightened stress, our brains go back to what we know they go back to what's familiar. And that's why during the holiday times, we see a lot of like unhealthy patterns because when you're stressed, you go to what's familiar and what's familiar isn't always healthy. So that's when our kind of unhealthy patterns sometimes come to the surface. So this way, if you can go through it with this sense of calm and acceptance and like this just a stillness almost, you don't engage in those unhealthy patterns.
0: Mm. Oh my God. Just listening to you just helped me feel like, more at peace with certain decisions I've had to make with my family and stuff this year but also on the other end of that as someone who's entering the dating world and knowing that there's so many other people who are you know might be nervous to go home because they just got divorced they just got right divorced. they don't have don't kids want to talk yet. about it they don't want it to- <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: So those are the kind of things I give people mantras, these statements, these one-liners, couple words, to say back to people who ask them questions that are uncomfortable. Exactly. So they feel they have a sense of control going into these situations.
1: Ooh, can we like play this game with Danielle? Like, what would you tell? Because I know she's too nice to ask. What, like, if people want to ask Danielle (laughs) about her dating life, how should she respond?
2: (laughs) If she doesn't want to talk about it?
1: yeah
2: I mean any I always say anything longer than like five words is too long and you repeat it over and over and over again until it almost sounds ridiculous because then it'll you know stop being of you but it could be something like oh, I'm not getting into that now right or mm-hmm. you know you could jokingly say you know My mind's not operating on that right now. You know, it could just anything that is quick Mm -hmm. to the point that almost kind of makes you responsible for not wanting to talk about it, right? So there's no, even though the other person's wrong and inappropriate and boundaryless. If we go that direction towards them like why are you asking me this? Like don't you know I don't want to talk about this? That's really rude of you. All that's going to happen and even if it's all true, what's going to happen is just this back and forth which is exactly what you want to avoid in the first place. So mm-hmm. if you kind of make it as it's coming from you, gives for less argument, but I always yeah. like to throw them on the line. I'm sure you can understand because then if they what are they going to say no I don't understand because then they sound like mm. an asshole. So, you know, Mm -hmm. something like, I'm not, I cannot get into this right now. I'm sure you can understand. I love that. What
0: do you say to that? Yeah. There's no rebuttal. There's no rebuttal. Okay. If you need me.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: (sighs) Okay. I am going to ask about this one because I loathe getting asked this. Why are you still single?
2: Ugh. Ugh.
0: How are someone like you still single? And I think people mean it as like a compliment because yes. you're so wonderful but that it's it's also so double-layered like mm-hmm. what's underneath you that sucks and no so, one wants right to right, <laughs> right exactly
2: or like you're too picky right like yes. it's some sort of yeah. flaw in you
0: oh i've heard that one so many times
2: i think like you said they they mean well i think most of the time let's say they mean mm-hmm. well most of the time and i do think it's this weird compliment in a sense like you're so wonderful like somebody would be lucky to have you or somebody would be you know something like that or you're just so wonderful you should share that with somebody else I I think that's what they mean and if they said you're so wonderful I wish somebody could experience that like that I'd actually be like oh great okay great me too Mm -hmm. but I I think to something like that you know there's a couple ways you could go right you could say Mm -hmm. their guess is as good as
0: mine oh yeah right because that's, lit- that's good for guys too that ask you right. that
2: right they're not going to be like well and give you this litany things as to why you're wonderful like that's going to end the conversation for them mm-hmm. you know or something you could say something like you know i don't know I'll date when i'm ready or i don't know mm-hmm. i haven't i hate there's no one right but i feel like mm-hmm. people who ask that question oftentimes do think there's a one <laughs> so you could say something like haven't met the one yet mm-hmm. right yeah yeah, I remember at my wedding, I got married when I was 35, 34, 34. And it was very late. And I remember at my wedding, somebody said to me, Oh my God, it's about time. And I like, <gasps> oh. I remember thinking like,
0: I'm 38. I don't want to hear like, that. Right. Like I remember
2: thinking like, what? Like, and I actually, I said, I'm like, I it flew out of my mouth and this was at my wedding. And I was like, yeah, I was getting a doctorate. And I, I just like, it flew out of my mouth, which literally means yeah. nothing because there's plenty of people that are married with their dog, right? But mm-hmm. I, it was the only thing that came up for me at the time and it shut them up real fast. But it was, it was almost like, It was a stage to get to, and it was something was lacking Mm -hmm. about me that I haven't achieved that marriage is not a state to achieve. Oh my God. Because then if it is a state to achieve, if you get divorced, if it doesn't work out, or if you're miserable in your marriage and you stay anyway, what did you fail? No, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's just not a state to achieve. It's a Mm -hmm. choice. And I think people forget that so i would just say something like haven't met the one even if you don't believe it because that shuts them up or you mm-hmm. know your guess is as good as mine or i'll let you know you know
0: something like that just short and sweet i love that i love you so much oh. <laughs> like <laughs> nice. i just i don't know what we would do without you i mean jack and i personally You're have just so sweet benefited from you Ooh and your knowledge so much so thank you for not getting married yet until you got your doctorate <laughs> i said everything
2: late and like <laughs> I, like who can it's like am i behind in any way no like no i don't think so maybe other people think I am, but i i don't think i my god the thought of having kids earlier than i did is like is very scary to me
0: i can see that i can feel that way now because there's so much life that i did like in this meantime. Yeah. But now I'm on the other side of that where I'm like, Oh God, am I, is how long is my uterus going <laughs> to
2: A long time. And I, I mean, I was never the type of person that was super maternal that was like, Oh, I can't wait to have kids. I was never like that. And even I was never even ready to have kids. It's like, I don't think it's a thing where you're like ready. Like, at least for me, it was kind of, mm-hmm. okay. I got to get ready now because I'm having a get like, more like that. I think it's just stuff that people don't talk about because it's, it sounds bad, but none of it's bad. None of this is bad.
0: It's so individualized to like who you are and what you want yeah. out of life. My, My best man. friend had kids at like 25. Oh, I couldn't that was imagine. was a mess at 25.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a cat in an apartment. I mean, I was a mess. I was like <laughs> dancing on... Club, like exactly. in like hours at twenty five. I should not exactly. have been a mom at
0: twenty five. I was throwing <laughs> up in like club bathrooms.
2: Exactly,
1: exactly. Well, Doctor Z, we are so 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 grateful to have you on. Obviously, we're gonna you know link everything in the show notes. We're gonna tell everyone where they can find you and where they can find the holiday help book. I'm like, I need to dive into that because you're right. Like, there's just it's it's such a complex time of like of grief. Like there's moments where, you know, you are going to feel grief and miss certain people that used to be in your life. Maybe they've passed, maybe you're divorced, but then there's other times where, you you know, you feel happiness and you're like, well, how do I even... Allow myself to feel happy now, like this is weird. So mm-hmm. it's just such a right. complex time. And so I'm just, you know, I'm so grateful that we have you to talk to and also that our Aww. listeners and your millions, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers and listeners get to get your expertise as well. So thank you so much Those for are taking so the sweet. time.
0: No, oh, it's my pleasure. I, know. I wish so we could sweet. have you on for like hours and hours and hours. <laughs> oh,
2: I'll always talk to you guys. <clears throat> I'll talk to you guys. <laughs> I love seeing people come out on the other side of things because you know it's like I see people at their worst, and so it's mm-hmm. always I love seeing people get better. You know, it's like yeah. so there's, nice there's to see. <laughs> there's hope. Yeah, there's yeah.
0: hope.
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's there's yeah. Hope. Well, thank you guys for what you do because you guys definitely help a ton of people.
0: Mm-hmm. So thank you. Well, Jack and I could both talk to Dr. Z for hours and hours on end. So, but at least now you have two episodes that you can learn from, listen to, and enjoy. Make sure you follow along with Dr. Z on Instagram. Her handle is Doctor Z underscore psychologist on Instagram. And she just a wealth of knowledge. You can access all of her links on there, but we will also include those in the show notes. I know. Truly, I could not be
1: more grateful to have Dr. Z and have her share the knowledge with everyone. This is a topic that, you know, I think narcissism is a really trendy thing now, like she said, but Dr. Z has been doing it long before it was trendy. So I hope you find some value in these episodes. Please, save this one, share it to any friends that you think might be going through something like this with a narcissist, and be sure again to check out her new holiday help handbook and all of those workshops available for you. We hope you loved this episode. As always, every rate, review, share, download means the absolute world to us. We will catch you next Friday. On that note, WOMED out.